0: It is another week. I can't believe it's ready already. My god, this went fast. Um and it's super fucking early in the morning for me and I worked super late last night. So, let's fucking see what we get. Um yeah, sponsors. Same sponsors. Um if anybody does want to sponsor the podcast, uh I would love anything really. Um not just monetary, but if we could do bartering as well, uh, especially lotion or, and like CBD, anything that's going to help any them, everybody. God, fuck. I Yeah, I'm not even going to try again. We're going to keep going. So, um yeah, sponsors, anybody just, you can email us at joyshappyendings at gmail.com. Um, we still have Blue Apron. Blue Apron, um, honestly, though, I have used this service. I love this service. This service is where they shop for you. They send the shit stuff to you. And uh, the recipe and all you have to do is cook. It's all pre measured and it's awesome. It's it's a very cool service. And if you use blueapron.com slash happy endings, which is B L U E A P R O N dot C O M slash H A P P Y E N D I N G S, you get thirty percent off your first box. Um seriously, this is something that you could give as a gift, um, somebody that Thinks they know how to cook and doesn't know how to cook, and you can subtly tell them, fucking learn how to cook. Here's a box with food in it. Uh, Famous Smoke Shop is another sponsor that we have, which is super cool because they are sponsors in Philadelphia where we actually have a pretty good following. So that's awesome that they brought on Uh, Famous Smoke Shop. You can get cigars. you know, for after you deal with your family on Christmas and you just want to drink and smoke your life away because everybody told you all of your mistakes that you made through the past year, you can use Famous Smoke Shop and use either Hot 20, which is HOT20, and get $20 off a purchase of $145 or more, or Hot 10, which is HOT10, and you get $10 off a purchase of $85 or more. So, depending on how fucked up your family is, you may want to order more. You may want to order less. Handy app. Um, if you're inviting family over for the holidays and you don't have time to fucking clean, or you know that it's just not going to be clean enough to make them happy, uh, you can use app save 30, which is 8a. P-P-S-A-V-E 3-0 and you get 30% off your first booking. Handy app not only cleans though, they do everything. Like they have someone for anything that you need. If you need to build a new toy that you bought, um, you got your girlfriend knocked up on Thanksgiving and now you have to build a crib. Like shit like that. Handy app is there for you. Uh, shoe Dazzle. We all know I am a shoe whore, which is probably the only girly thing that I've got going for me. Um, shoe Dazzle if you use the promo code Happy Shoes, which is H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O-E-S, you get $10 off your first box. They send shoes to you based on a quiz that you take, and you can cancel it at any time. You can pause it. Fucking cool service. And then we have Dollar Days. Dollar Days is a bulk website, which is a super cool website. I actually like just looking around in that website. And if you use um, Happy Endings 20, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-2-0, you get $20 off a purchase of $200 or more, which is very easy to do. Or Happy Endings Ship, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-S-H-I-P, you get shipping flat rate for $9.95. Um, So this episode is Tom Rhodes Tom Rhodes is a comedian that I looked up to Immediately when I first saw him on stage His cadence is fantastic His voice is one of my favorite voices Because I have started to learn that I have voice fetish Which, okay, there we go But uh, Tom Rhodes, you should look up his specials He is a very talented comedian And if you guys could like, subscribe, comment, send emails And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. All right. We are on. Okay. Are you comfortable? Very much. All right. Is there anything I can do? Oh, my God. All right. You're getting closer. Oh, (laughs) that's it.
1: Right there. (laughs) If you go up. I had a massage in Hong Kong in April. Okay. And it was, you had the choice where you could do, like, a a soft oil massage or a deep tissue massage. And I thought, I want to do a deep tissue massage. And it was this older Chinese man and his Sixties.
0: Are any good?
1: No. Oh. This guy um made me pay for the Opium Wars. <laughs> he punished me. Oh. He turned me sideways, and I was like, you know, I'm like trusting him being limber. Uh huh. He put his whole body on my side, like his hip on my hip, and with his elbow, he put his elbow up on my jaw and my jawline to my chin, and he turned my head like and he was. With his whole body stretching out, and my neck has been fucked ever since then. I've had this, like, shooting pain right here in my neck. Okay. To my upper shoulder. And uh, I think I need to go get an MRI or something.
0: Yeah? How long? Oh, you said April.
1: April. Man. I've been in pain all year.
0: Shit. Does it, anything trigger it, or is it always there?
1: No, and then when I turn my head symptoms, I can hear it pop. So I, I wonder if it wouldn't be, like vertebrae out of place that would be i would know that yeah right there where your finger is uh-huh. that's the fucking spot oh you can my feel God. it what can you feel
0: okay i don't know if you can feel it popping
1: yeah i can feel, feel it pop yeah.
0: uh-huh. so it's just the muscle is super tight and it's probably pulling on the oh, cervical or no just joy <laughs> stupid joke but i tell all the patients <sighs> Get undressed, get on other sheets Ooh, in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream It's just a happy ending with joy out of By the way, I guess, um, I have Tom Rhodes on the table Yay Boom I'm excited I was trying when I saw you, I was like, okay, don't Girl, don't fangirl. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure my ears are nice and bright red. They like to do. So, yeah, you're not straight.
1: Okay. What do you think? Yeah, you're a professional.
0: Yeah, you've got some muscles, that, but we'll fix you.
1: So, you think the neck problem is just a muscle?
0: I do. I don't think anything's broken. Because I can't afford it anymore. Right. <laughs> you can. One of the reasons I got married. That's how he proposed. He's like, you get married to me, you'll have insurance. I was like, fucking, let's go to Vegas. Wow. I like Vegas. <laughs> i right, like healthcare i can do what i want and still go to the doctor all right so do you get massages normally
1: i uh i think i haven't in a while not since hong kong okay but i've always felt like um getting massages for your body like changing your oil for a car right it is something you need to do you know a couple times a year um so, I'm a fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I know you travel like everywhere. Have you gotten massages different places All besides... Over the world, yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. That kind of
1: made me happy. Yeah, and that's and one, one of my favorite things about Asia is, like, you go to Thailand
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, Thailand is like the internet. It's whatever you want it to be. You can go there for spiritual purposes. You can go there to be a scumbag or whatever. My favorite thing about Thailand, other than... Watermelon milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Are these like ancient Thai massages for like like five ten bucks? Right. What you would pay like a hundred dollars for in L A. And uh, the, the temple in Bangkok, where it's great. You can take a water taxi right to this temple. It's on, and they in the back of the temple is a is a massage school where they teach the the ancient Thai massage.
0: Oh, that's so... Long. So you're in a room with
1: like 50 other people and it's, you know, it's not, you know, by yourself in a room or something, but it's like six bucks.
0: Okay. And I
1: really like um, entering a temple to get massaged. I think it's very mm. cool.
0: I could see that. No, yeah, because the energy has to be just so calming and like, okay, they obviously know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: and it's not like a, um, um, it's not like a, happy ending massage it's like a you know you're getting the ancient uh art of Thai massage
0: right you know your body's going to be manipulated the way it needs to be manipulated. I had a Vietnam vet he actually passed away and um he had his hip replacement done in Thailand and same thing he was like joy I go and I get these massages and they were like 25 bucks and the girls were awesome and I saw him Every week until he got sick.
1: But... Yeah, that's... um, Thailand's big for cosmetic surgery vacations. And people going there to get um, cheaper medical treatments. And I've I've heard about it. People hang out there for like a few weeks or a month and get massaged and, you know...
0: Just heal.
1: Heal. Sip fruit. Milkshakes. (laughs)
0: Anything with milkshakes. So how did the
1: veteran die?
0: He... He was sick for a very long time. I didn't do it. I thought it wasn't me. (laughs) But um, no, he was just, he got really sick. He was having heart problems. He had open heart surgery. And he had a lot of tragedy. His daughter passed away unexpectedly. His son got popped for doing some things with younger girls. And so he was just kind of, one thing after the other, and he wasn't able to just recover from it. And I think his spirit kind of. And he just wanted to
1: check out, yeah, the Life Hotel.
0: Exactly, it was he was
1: mm. too crushed. It happens.
0: Yes, it, it more than people think. Yeah. Like you have to have some type of a will to keep going. So, what was the place like that you got the massage in April? What was that like?
1: Uh, it was in a very upscale neighborhood in Hong Kong, and. You know, that's why I trusted it. And then it was a, it was a very nice spa. And um, you had to go up to, like, the fifth floor. It was this kind of expensive shopping area. And that's why I thought, you know, um, like, cheap-looking shady places I wouldn't trust. Yeah. But like, if you're in Bali or Thailand on the beach, usually there's uh, people that will come around. Or, or, or like, hotels will have setups on the beach where masseuse will be or... Or even just on, like, remote beach areas. Somebody will be there. And you see them sitting there going, one tourist after another. And you'll see, I remember I was in line, one in Bali. And the, the woman had done this, like, very rotund British woman. And she was so tired after it, she goes, I need to take a break for a minute. <laughs> um, but that's always lovely when you're on a tropical Asian beach. Right. Ooh, right there. Oh, uh-huh. Jesus. Feel that not Oh my lord, Jesus!
0: Got it. Wow. Yeah, you're nice. You can tell you travel.
1: Yeah, I'm always I'm sitting on the airplanes.
0: Airplanes are the devil.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Now, have you ever done like any other treatment besides massage? Uh, what do you
1: mean?
0: Like acupuncture? Oh no. 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 Yeah. Because Chinese acupuncture and Japanese acupuncture are actually completely different and i knew an acupuncturist and she went here to school for acupuncture and i guess america only accepts the chinese acupuncture methods. and she just wasn't feeling it and she actually went to japan and learned how to do the japanese method and she's like one of the only ones around here that knows how to do that type of acupuncture So i was just wondering because you have like i don't know i feel like when you're in the Asian areas, you have access to some amazing
1: healing methods. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it. No,
0: no. And I've never had it. I'm just, I'm a hypocrite. I'm the biggest hypocrite. You'll
1: oh, ah, ooh, ah. You feel that? Um, that's right I carry all my stress mm-hmm. on my
0: shoulders. On top of the trap. yeah.
1: Wow. Oh my god.
0: Now, do you think when you told the guy you wanted deep tissue, he was just like, okay?
1: I think he. I think there was some racism involved in what he did. Okay. Yeah. I think he, uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the opium wars, but the, the English did, uh, very terrible things, got all of China addicted to opium so they could trade <clears throat> with them and crushed the country, made them, um, pay reparations, which they couldn't, and then that kicked off the sepient, second opium wars, and, uh, I mean, they were already super impoverished, but what the English did to China, set them back a few hundred years, and, uh, well, they did nice things in the development of Hong Kong, but nonetheless, this guy—I uh, uh, think he was intentionally trying to hurt me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. There's been times I've done it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Where you know, big macho guys, you know, okay, let's see what you can do. I like deep pressure, and I'm like, okay, I can do deep, and if- well,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, I always say please and thank you. I try to have. Manners, right? Maybe the guy had an argument with his wife or something, who knows? Right?
0: Maybe you look like his son, yeah, (laughs) just
1: like uh uh, yeah, oh Jesus, yeah. So, what do you think that is? That's just stress, or that's well, airplane
0: You know what? Normally, it's not just one thing, it's a combination of everything because people are like, What can I do to get rid of this? And unless you stop living, it's always going to be something either it's the phone the computer the traveling the way you walk the way you carry things it's normally just the way your body moves and if you don't pay attention to it with which most of us don't we will hold our body in a specific way and that muscle will just tighten up the way it needs to because knots knots in a way are protection for you Because it's something, either your body is doing something repetitive, and that muscle, they don't want that muscle to tear, so it starts thickening up and getting bunched together. And then you just need to let your body know, like, you can release. So my dorky way of thinking of it. And then also you can get lactic acid buildup, where if you work out or you move a lot, that's when you get really sore when you go into oxygen debt. There's many different ways to have knots, and I don't think one specific thing makes a knot. If that makes sense. Now, where was your favorite place you traveled to? Uh,
1: that's a tricky question. Um, Paris is my favorite city in the world.
0: Okay. I love Paris.
1: <clears throat> Just the baguettes for a dollar and ten cents. So is insanely good. Mm-hmm. And cheeses. There's this food street I discovered a couple of years ago called Rue Montgouil. Mm-hmm. And there's a patisserie shop. The oldest patisserie in Paris, made in 1730 for the king of France. Uh, And I follow him on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was never a big sweets guy, and then I stopped drinking alcohol five years ago. And since then, I'm, um, I love sweets. I think it's, you know, all the sugar and booze. My body wants sugar. Mm -hmm. And everybody's so anti sugar, but fuck that. I love sugar. Mm -hmm. Love ice cream. Um, but this place, oh, my God, their fruit tarts are insane. I had a fake tart the last time I was there. Um, just absolute art, what these people do. I yeah. followed, it's called Storer, S-T-O-H-R-E-R, Storer. And I follow them on Instagram, and I even follow their uh, the patisserie chef.
0: <laughs>
1: That's how much I love it.
0: like, <laughs> what are you doing?
1: So when I land in Paris, it's huge. And, they, and I've talked about it on uh, Bill Burr's podcast where they also, at lunchtime, they have the most incredible sandwiches on baguettes. And I always tell people when you go there, get two. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking around an hour later and you say to yourself, God damn, I wish I'd have bought another sandwich. Yeah. You
0: got it. You got it. Oh, look it. Surprise.
1: Yeah. Chicken and avocado is good. It's all good. Jamal and fromage. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, so many great... Like In Spain, they do this shaved, cured pig leg. Mm-hmm. Jamal and serrano. Like in Barcelona, it's everywhere. It's little shops where you can buy it in little white paper cones. Uh, I love Amsterdam. I mean, I, I fell in love with Amsterdam. I moved there. Okay. I've in Amsterdam for five years. Um, I think Peru is probably my favorite trip I ever took. I love Peru. I'd love to go back there. Uh, I love ancient cultures. Right. So uh, going to Machu Picchu was a thrill. I've been to Chichen Itza, Mexico twice. That was the realm of the Mayan Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to Angkor Wat in Cambodia. And uh, Jesus, what's left? <laughs> Easter Island and the Pyramids, which I don't have much desire to go to either. Okay. Now your- I've, been to, I've been to the Great Wall of China three times. And I've kissed four different women at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I married the last one. <laughs> That's
0: a good job. That was
1: my big litmus test and big love stories. Take them to Paris and take them to the top of the Eiffel Tower. But now since they had the terrorist attacks in uh, Paris a few years ago, now there's so much security to get into the Eiffel Tower. I don't recommend doing there. What's nicer thing to do is to go to Rue Montedoy mm-hmm. and buy baguettes. There's like three cheese shops, and meat shops, and fish shops, and vegetable shops, and store the greatest three place. Go there and get wine and all the nice foodstuffs and take the metro to Odeon. And then you have to take it. It's a different train, but the metro ticket works. And you can take it right to the Eiffel Tower and on the grass lawns around the Eiffel Tower, it's nicer. You go there like an hour before uh, the sun sets and have a nice picnic with your friends or whoever you're with. And after the sun sets, then the lights come on in the Eiffel Tower. So it's nicer to sit on the grass and look up at it, I think, now, since all the security kind of uh, killed the experience. Right. Have you always been a romantic? I have. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I had two jock, bully, thug older brothers <laughs> who beat the shit out of me and uh, everything. I, I've been called a faggot nine million trillion times in my life before I left the parental home <laughs> and, uh, you know, any sign of femininity, uh, you know, I, I just, I, have never had a problem with, uh, uh showing your feminine side as a man, or, and uh, especially, is great thing about being a comedian, like, I've always had gay friends, always had friends of every, uh, uh flavor, and sexual orientation, and, that's the thing I love about comedy the most, it doesn't matter, you know, where you're from, uh, if you're rich or poor, or black or white, gay or, gay or straight, you know, it's, uh, if you're funny. Yes, yeah. And, Uh, It's the great equalizer.
0: I agree. And, you
1: know, I consider those people my... uh, It's like being in an exclusive club of fighter pilots or something. Not Mm -hmm. not many people have the the talent to do it. And then it's an even lesser percentage of those who do it well. Right. And uh, I've been traveling the world. You know, I've got friends all over the world, comedian friends. I I went to Mongolia for the second time a few months ago, and... There's a great club in Mongolia yeah. called the UB Comedy Club. The capital of Mongolia is called Ulaanbaatar, and they call it UB City for short. So it's the UB Comedy Club, and it's a great club. And it's you know all Mongolians and uh, the Mongolian comedians are really into it. They listen to the podcast, they watch the specials, <laughs> current and past. They just they're obsessed with it.
0: See, that's funny, though, because I have three boys, and we kind of have the opposite in our house because I tell each and every one of them whichever one is gay is going to be my favorite. (laughs) Like, if you want to be my favorite, just be gay. Because I always panic because I'm going to be the consummate mother-in-law. I'm going to be the mother-in-law. So, and I'm not a huge fan of girls, so (laughs) I'm like... Why don't you bring a boy home? Let's do that. I know how to treat you guys. You Do, do, do well, with boys. I do. I do do well with boys. Okay. i that. I give off that mom, that boy mom energy. I think. i girls. <sighs> yeah. Wanted one though. I think my husband would have been a good girl dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have been wrapped. <laughs> but yeah, now yeah, I'm the she only girl. Mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stole Emily's. <laughs> Now, would you ever move to any of these places, or do you just like visiting?
1: Oh, I would definitely move. Uh, let
0: me. You got it. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Okay, you're fine. Uh, I'd live, live in Paris in a heartbeat. Um, and there's a there's a great little comedy scene there. Lots of expats.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a few like English festivals that go on there, in, like Avignon and everything. Do you know? Or
1: Uh, there's a couple clubs there. I don't know about festivals in Paris. Um, one guy does an American comedy night, Sebastian Marks, uh, wonderful guy from New York who's lived in Paris for, like, 20 years. Another older guy, Carol Beer, who, uh, was the first to do English language comedy there. Mm -hmm. Mostly brings people over from England. And, uh, there's a guy named Hugo who does, like, a British comedy night. Pretty cool. Um... But you'd have you would have to have money in the bank right to live there as an English comedian English speaking comedian. No uh,
0: are you like a novelty there
1: or uh, I mean I you know I try to play there once a year. you know 100 seat rooms and usually draw I was there two months ago and it was sold out. I think the room sat like 150. but normally it'd be like a 100 seat room and I'll pull in like 80, 90 people you know.
0: Right.
1: It's never like a big money maker. The other gigs in Europe, uh, you pad it with money making gigs and just go to Paris because you enjoy it.
0: Right. I don't know, I don't understand mm-hmm. what making money off of gigs means yet. <laughs> so, I'm like, wait, what? Drink ticket, right? That's what that means. Maybe <laughs> you get enough people get the free drink ticket?
1: <laughs> but, uh, I'm editing my my next live comedy album. Okay. For the last two years, I've been recording all of my international shows. And uh, I don't think anything has ever been done like this. Uh, I'm going to release it in January. Okay. It should be done in the next month, hopefully. Um, so every track is a different city around the world. And it's like, I think the shortest track is like four minutes so it's usually like four to eight minutes uh and it's all mostly s- jokes and stories about those places okay because i've been doing the international circuits for 20 years and a lot of places i've got uh lots of stories and jokes about personal stories so um do you want to hear the list Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh paris amsterdam antwerp zurich porto portugal berlin Dublin, Galway, Belfast, Oslo, Stockholm, Vancouver, Sydney, Bangkok, Manila, Hanoi, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, and Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. And uh, next week, I'm going to do this tour in Israel, and uh, I hope to have Tel Aviv and Jerusalem Okay. So it's cool. I'll do these like writing projects before I go to a country. I'll like research everything I can about it, and try and write um, uh, a few minutes of material about those places.
0: Right. It's almost like a comedy documentary and little tiny quilt. It's like a
1: quilt. I'm trying to make a television show where I'm the Anthony Bourdain of comedy.
0: Uh, that would be
1: checking fun. out comedy scenes around the world, highlighting comedians from those places, and I'm friends with you know, famous comedians from every country. Right. And lesser known uh, interesting people. And uh, I think it's endlessly fascinating. What what are people making jokes about in mm-hmm. other countries? What do they find funny? How do they use humor uh, to survive and mm-hmm. deal with their problems?
0: Right.
1: Because that's not comedy. It's mostly people just say things. Yeah, and there's even, uh, aside from Israel, the uh, there's a comedy festival at Ramallah, on the Palestinian side, every August. Uh, Palestinian American comedian from Detroit puts it on. My oh, nose is all locked up. Yeah, I apologize.
0: No, it's kind of a good thing. It just means your lymphatic system. Really? I mean, besides your cold, it also your lymphatic
1: system is moving. It means the massage is working.
0: It does. I'm doing something right.
1: Okay, good. Which
0: is a first, but hey. <laughs> Oh even a broken clock gets the time right twice a day, right?
1: Even <laughs> <You and> Schubert <laughs> needs that expression. Does he really? Yeah, Schubert it. Schubert kills him. Even a blind squirrel finds a not once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Schubert.
0: I adore him. But I had him on the table and then I drove him home and then on the drive home he was telling me all of these fascinating stories and I'm like, You son of a bitch. Oh wow why? Why didn't you say this when you were on the table? <laughs> and he was what, He went to Dubai the next day after his massage. So and he just he needed a massage to be on playing. He's like, that's a really good massage. I'm like, yeah, but let's talk. I need the story. Let's make this interesting, please, sir.
1: So can I tell you what's interesting about Fresno?
0: Yeah, please yes, <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> do. So I was in Paris a couple months ago. and There was a guy from Fresno. I'm like, oh, you, is it any Americans here? And I always ask if there's someone from a different country. Uh-huh. Because I always have jokes and stories about almost everywhere. I'll get stumped every once in a while with an Azerbaijan or a Lithuania. Hmm. Um, but there was a dude in the audience from Fresno, and uh, he goes, it's a shithole, I know you can make fun of it. <laughs> I said, no, actually, Fresno, there's a beautiful thing happening in Fresno right now. You should be proud. Um, I read the story in the New York Times earlier this year about uh, Fresno is where uh, the predominant number of Syrian refugees to the United States have settled. Yes. And all of the churches from every different denomination in the Fresno area has all helped these people get cars, get jobs, find housing. It's really beautiful how the community of Fresno has all helped these people settle. And so uh, these Syrian refugees sent messages out to other Syrian refugees who came to America. And they said, hey, man, fuck Dothan, Alabama, or wherever they went, you know, Uh Syracuse, New York, or wherever, uh, you should come to Fresno. So uh, a lot of people that came were really struggling in other parts of America, uh, they there's a massive settlement of Syrian refugees in the Fresno area.
0: I knew some of that, but let's see Fresno. I went to Fresno State because they gave me money to go there. I was like, okay, let's do that. But I'm from Madera, which is kind of like the racist hillbilly stepsister of Fresno. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, <laughs> like Fresno is going to town. In fact, when my kids go and visit my parents. And I called and I'm like, "What are you guys doing?" And they're like, "Oh, we're going to town. I'm gonna have to reprogram you when you come home." Okay, okay. <laughs> that's gonna happen. We'll the Darrow Fresno. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if anybody listens in the Darrow Fresno. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll find out. We? Yeah. I mean, it's like the point where my kids have a pine tree at my parents' house. It's they have a tree a that they pine tree. Uh-huh.
1: What kind of tree?
0: A tree they can go outside and pee on.
1: Oh, a peeing
0: tree. And a peeing tree. Oh, it's
1: always a nice treat to pee outside.
0: Oh, they love it. Oh. And then they come home, and I'm like, okay, that that's for Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, right there. Right, that right is
1: there. Oh, yes. Mommy's.
0: Oh. And yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow.
0: You are locked up right here.
1: Yeah, I'm having some problems.
0: I feel like you've got this thing I've been working on, too. Right? I oh, your scapula, that's just... It likes you because it doesn't want to leave. <laughs> this is your naughty friend. So growing up in Florida, did you always want to travel? Yeah. You wanted to find a way to be able to do that growing
1: up? Well, I wanted to be a comedian since I was 12, or 11, actually. Uh, my family's originally from Washington, D.C., and my father loved stand-up comedy, specifically Richard Pryor, At that end. Tons of prior records and also Bob Newhart. My dad loved Bob Newhart, but prior was his king. I being a little kid, driving around with my dad, listening to prior tapes in the car. So just stand up was very revered in my family. And my father was a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. Also, he flew helicopters in the war, he was shot down, survived. He had a real dark sense of humor, uh, which has always served me well. Yeah. Uh, And then my uncle did up a white-night comedy for one year, 1978. I was 11. My dad took me to see him. Who takes an 11-year-old kid to a bar?
0: I have. My father. Well, my kids are younger. But I put headphones on them and told them to sit in the corner. Because my husband works for the Navy, and he goes out to sea. And it was right when I was, like, deciding to do comedy, and i get these weird little... Hey Joy, we'll give you three minutes and I'm like, okay, but I have to bring my kid, so I have to leave as soon as it's over. And I throw headphones on him, go up and do my set, and then take off. Um,
1: we, I
0: mean I mean they talk to him and they're like, Hey and then of course my youngest is very attention whore So as soon as they cool. start talking to him, he's cool like enough. Yeah, that's the that's your big knot.
1: Uh, so, my dad took me to this comedy open late night in Washington, D.C., this club called L. Brookman's, I think Louis Black started there, a lot of people, and, uh, entrance was by the stage, and I was wearing a Washington Redskins jacket, and the comedian on stage pulled me on stage, and he interviewed me like I was the coach of the Redskins.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was 11, bashful, gave one-word answers, yes and no. But I'll never forget sitting on that stage and seeing all those happy people with their heads thrown back in laughter and all the teeth in their mouth. Mm-hmm. It was black people and it was Latino people and white people. It just seemed like this magical place where everybody was happy. Mm-hmm. All the flavors of humanity were getting along for the common purpose of laughter.
0: Right.
1: So I... Sat at the bar and sipped cokes for the rest of the night, watch these comedians, and then I was obsessed with it. It became my only thing I was interested in. And it was, you know, great time. Saturday Night Live was beginning, so I'd stand up, stay up late, and watch SNL in those early years, watch Carson, I would always watch the comedians. i might be on like, you know, those daytime shows like Merv Griffin and Mike Douglas and shit. I'd look at TV Guide, and Circle, whenever they'd have a comedian on. (laughs) And it just, I became a student of comedy. And uh, I remember when I was like 15, Rodney Dangerfield was my hero. Mm -hmm. And I memorized all of Rodney's jokes, Mm -hmm. listened to his albums over and over. And, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy, Delirious. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started doing stuff in high school. I hosted the pep rallies and the talent shows. And then when I was 17, I took a fake ID. There was a local comedy club in Orlando called The Funny Fun. And I went there and uh, did their open line. And then and it was like a, I think it was just a Friday-Saturday club. And it was kind of cool. They had rehearsals on Mondays. So that became my thing. Instead of going to dances and football games, I was going to the comedy club every weekend. Right. And it was just local comedians, uh... At the first year, and on Mondays they would have rehearsals, and people would bring sketch ideas because nobody nobody knew what they were doing. So it was it was kind of cool that it would on the weekend shows it would be a comedian, a sketch, comedian, sketch, comedian, sketch. So not only would you get to do a set, you'd get to act in a sketch, and that was pretty cool. Right. Uh, and then they started bringing in. Traveling comedians. And, uh... I started doing... Shit. My senior year in high school, I started doing one nighters around Florida. I started working with Brian Regan. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: he's one of my oldest best friends in comedy. I remember doing, like, tough biker bars in Daytona Beach with him. He was still squeaky clean and hilarious. I
0: love him.
1: And, uh... <laughs> did you say women's love him? Yeah. yeah. And, uh... And then I went right on the road, uh, right after I graduated high school. Like, two weeks later, I was booked in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to MC for $150. Good
0: for you, though. Like, you don't hear those stories anymore. I don't think. And I love the fact that you, like, studied it. I feel like a lot of that has gone off the wayside now. Or yeah, I've
1: got some... Uh Spiral Notebooks over there from when I was 17. mm mm-hmm. It uh, was, a, was a joke in there. Remember the late 80, mid 80s, mid-80s? Africa was starving. They had Live Aid and all those concerts to, uh, you know,
0: mm-hmm. the help the is. famine
1: relief. And Paisley was uh, very popular in men's fashions. Uh, so this is a joke from my 17-year-old Spiral Notebook. I donated some clothes to charity, and the man at the charity shop said that these clothes were going to be sent to Africa. Oh, I can see somebody in Africa wearing my clothes. Gee, I hope this paisley vest doesn't clash with my genitals.
0: (laughs) 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 It's fun looking... I don't know, is it fun looking back or is it sometimes just horrific looking back? Oh yeah, well it depends. I mean, you look at my
1: county notebooks and different periods there's pages and pages of heartbreak and crying over some girl or you know uh depends what period of my life
0: right because i there's
1: years of drug addiction booze, where the handwriting is a little harder to read
0: because i go back and i've written my whole life like i write all the time i'm a romantic too because i have six romance books out I'm that girl that everybody has to have a happy ending and I'm gonna write it so everybody's happy in the end (laughs) because if it happens in books it can happen in real life and I'll go back and read some of the stuff I wrote and oh no what were you doing yeah well that's a
1: funny thing like uh, hey Emily behind that uh, behind that chair is uh, uh, a a thing can you plug in that uh, the lights will all come on.
0: Okay. Oh. Okay. You
1: see the white thing?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, the thing like, uh, I remember years ago when I was on the road and I was, a, you know, wild man part you forget your comedy notebook somewhere on a bar or somewhere and then, you know, somebody contacts you, hey, I found your notebook. You go to get it back and you can tell by the look of their face that they read your shit. <laughs> they were disturbed by some... Uh,
0: well, just like I've had, you know, people who are like, "Okay, Joy, I read your books," which uh, I don't like hearing. But um they're like, "Oh, I love blah 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 blah." And I'll either forget I wrote that scene. I mean, because my first book I published four and a half years ago. You published the book, cool. I did like they're self-published, so it doesn't count. But um, and they're like, "Have you reread them?" And I haven't. I haven't went back. And reread my books because I'm just uh, I don't I don't know I don't want to <laughs> I read the reviews and I memorize the one stars but She's <laughs> like the hold on to that <laughs> I can give you the one stars verbatim the five stars no but do you enjoy when people quote back your jokes to you
1: I think that's the uh, one of the greatest joys in life for me. When people will remind me of a joke of mine that I've long forgotten. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Like when when when, I, when you do a joke or the way you say something, when it I've gotten emails from people. that are like, me and my girlfriend for forever. We've been well. They they'll use your joke and they're like kind of everyday vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, you become their vernacular. You you become their vernacular exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh. But when people like will quote a joke back to the that they loved, that uh, you know a joke that I was doing twenty years ago, and that they saw on Comedy Central or something ten years ago or, or whatever, I think that's uh, that's the greatest joy in the world. No,
0: it is fun. because I would like to say that I, have, <laughs> I constant that joke that you have right now where you, um, at the end is. I I wrote that joke with hate in my
1: heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assure you, I wrote the joke with hatred in my heart. Yeah.
0: I say that at the comedy store in the kitchen probably three times a day. That's great.
1: There's a, a really great friend of mine in San Francisco, and she, and it's a joke that it's something mm-hmm. that I was doing. I forget what. See, like, that's just a, th- that was a, that's a throwaway line, like, after the actual joke. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I guess it's part of it, because it's part of it, it's the story, uh, where the woman got upset at a Trump joke, that I didn't, and she walked out. <laughs> uh, but there's just this thing that I, I, would, I used to say years ago, uh, I forget, but I would say it, I forget after what kind of joke, but I, I would say, uh, there's love in my hate. <laughs> and so my, my friend, like, she still says that all the time. When we're together, she'll always be... They love of my. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, love it... Well, one, it also gets to bring you back to a good time.
0: remember that? Well, just to know that you,
1: like, touch somebody, uh-huh. Like, it's great. So now, the next time I do that that line, I'll think of you. <laughs> and it's is great when uh, something you created touches somebody enough that they not only remembered it, they found it amusing enough to amuse themselves with it later, you know? Right. Like, you see all the books here. Yes. Uh, I'm a big reader, and I love music. You see all my vinyl records on mm-hmm. the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all about creation. It's all about the story. The I mean, best art, the books and movies, and jokes are usually stories. And... You know, there's certain lines that I read in books or lines from songs that really touched you deep in your heart. Yeah. And it's almost like they belong to you. Yes. Yeah. And they give you warmth and comfort in your life. Uh, and it, uh, it's just, it's such a personal thing. And like, you can see I got like tons of Henry Miller books and Charles Bukowski, but also I love uh, non fiction mostly. And uh, I like history and real-life shit. I don't I don't like too much fiction. I don't like made-up shit. I like real-life real shit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you carry this... just mm-hmm. art that that means something to you. And that's what I think. That's funny when you ready. You know, I, I prize comedy above all the other arts because I dedicated my life to it. And... You know, there's jokes by comedians I love that have the same effect on me that I think about. You know, right. right, yeah. It could be in your life.
0: So down a little bit more. Uh, I love the jokes that stick in your head. And that, I think the biggest compliment is when somebody's like, I think about your joke like once a month or every week or something like that. There's something about it that it keeps popping up and... In their life, mm-hmm. like you are saying, like you become someone vernacular, or other comedians saying, "Oh, this joke, that oh, the happiest." Yeah, or then if it's the another comedian, life. yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, Joey Diaz called me mm-hmm. a couple month or two ago, and i have known Joey for years. I love the guy, and he really surprised me. It's just I I just want you to know I watched your set last night at the Comedy Store, mm-hmm. and brother, goddamn, you're such a master. No. Way used the way you you phrasing and the joke structure and he just he just called me to like you know come with me and it was like uh, one of the highlights of my decade
0: right
1: to you know so like when a regular person says hey man I've been quoting your joke for years is is a really great feeling but then when it's your your comedy uh, brothers or sisters then it's uh, it elevates the uh, it, the compliment to uh euphoria.
0: That's funny. We were just talking about that yesterday where when we make you guys laugh, we get extra excited. We get so because <laughs> 'Cause we're right. like, okay, yeah. we're on the right path. Like <clears throat> we've got this. Did we make a paid regular laugh? Yes. Yeah. Or even giggle, or like, that's a good joke you do that on stage, you're just like, oh my god, oh my
1: god, it's the best day, it's the best day ever. That's great. I love All the comedy sword. although the people working there are awesome. I forget the guy's name, he's one of the doormen, and it was uh, it was like about six months ago or something, he's, he, he, he said, I want to ask you, I love the way you move on stage, and I figured it out, are you doing like a figure eight up there on stage, the way you move? And uh, I said, no, there's, I don't, I, I I love moving around on stage. I never like stand perfectly still. And uh, one of the greatest pieces of advice is when I was younger, a comedian told me shit in all four corners, (laughs) like make the whole stage stage your own. So I try and, I'll try and touch my feet on like every part of the stage while I'm -hmm. And uh, it not always, but like, you know, if I'm uh, moving and feeling it, it's working. Uh, And 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 this guy thought I I had a pattern, and I told him, but there's there's no pattern. Yeah. Uh, And and a few people told me I move like a boxer on stage. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm up, back, over circles. You know, it's not it's not something I'm thinking about or planning, uh, just like how I'm feeling it.
0: I love park and barking. That's <laughs> my favorite. What is it? Like, you, you park yourself on stage and then you just bark at people. Because <laughs> I used to, I, before I did comedy, I was a, I did musical theater a lot, and that has choreography, but most of the parts that I had for singing, it was a big to song, down. and they would just get you to like, stand, just stand and sing the song. So that's what I got used to doing. Nice. And it just
1: kind
0: of translates. So you, you into tell all your jokes like this. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> i to the back of the stage. No, but it's. I love watching really physical comics because I'm not. And it's just so inspiring to watch. Right, guys. just
1: relax. I got you. Oh, more neck and shoulders,
0: please.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you don't think I need an MRI? I don't.
0: Uh, I want to save but you. But
1: it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be going away. This problem. Right. I'll put uh, some tiger balm on it. It'll like give me a little bit of relief. But i will not.
0: You know what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it's. I think it's uh, a serious problem. Do you? Yeah, I mean, it's constantly. That's why when uh, you said you wanted to do this, I was like, please, how soon can you come over? <laughs> Yeah, I, right there. Gee, like, that's the spot.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't... I mean, you know your own body, so obviously you're going to know if something's wrong wrong. Right there. That's all oh, shit. I feel more... ocean. Oh, yeah, I feel more muscular. What, what's your professional? My professional opinion is it's just really muscular, and ice will help because it is inflamed. Ice is your best friend.
1: It's been like that for over six months.
0: Yeah. I mean that's
1: ice it uh-huh. so the tiger balls go to the opposite of what you... well
0: okay so ice is what's going to heal you
1: okay.
0: ice is what you want to do when you are done with the day and you don't need to move anymore and you are able to give your body the energy to heal heat is when you need to freaking be able to move and you need to be able to be comfortable and not in pain so heat in the morning right before you go out Heat, like if you're going to go somewhere and you need your muscles to be nice and relaxed, but ice is what heals. Okay, I'll start
1: giving that a shot.
0: But I mean, everything I'm feeling, I don't feel any.
1: Feel that pop? Uh huh.
0: What was that? That's all muscle. Oh, it's all muscle, it's all ligament, it's all tendon. I don't feel any bone. I don't think anything's wrong with the bone. So MRI is just going to show you the bone. Okay. Um, it'll show you, like, if you have disc degeneration with, you know, the pads in between each vertebrae, but, yeah, I don't, like, an MRI is just going to tell you oh, about to, Oh, shit, more, more of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, the thumb on the, oh, yeah, thumb on the neck. Yeah. Thumb on the neck. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, oh, shit, oh, yeah. Can we linger there for a minute? Oh, well, sure we can. Oh, Jesus. Oh, joy.
0: <laughs> oh, joy. Oh, <laughs> joy. At least
1: you don't moan. I have a Oh joy. I have a firefighter captain.
0: And he moans my name.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Oh joy. Oh joy. (laughs) And my doctor will sit in his office and because our walls are so thin. (laughs) And you can hear him just dying laughing. And I, like, by the time I oh. leave, I am bright red. I'm so embarrassed.
1: Oh, there. I need a guy, uh, be investigated. Mm-hmm. yeah. be <laughs> She's got a couple. Yeah. Somebody should look at his
0: hard drive. <laughs> he also. Friday afternoon, she's a very bad girl. Yeah. He has oh, Friday true. afternoon,
1: oh, I can't say that. Oh, Julie. Right there. But, yeah. Oh, shit. That's it. Oh, my God.
0: But he also, like.
1: He oh, was, like, but you don't think that's, like, a, like, a tendon problem? Or it something? could be. Okay, like what, you can have I, your,
0: what can I do other than ice? You have your paraspinals, right? So you have all these muscles that go all the way up your spine, and they connect here on your occipital ridge, which is right here, your occipital bone on your skull. And so a lot of those are tendons. A lot of those are ligaments because it's connecting so much between your shoulder girdle and your neck. You have two girdles. You have a pelvic girdle as well. I told you I was a girl. Yeah, You <laughs> would have been my pounds. favorite son. Uh, no. Um. So I because see everything that when I hit something and you're like right there, right there, yeah. it's all nothing. Like at no point have I been hitting bone. You know. Okay, good. so I
1: can't afford it anymore. So mm-hmm. you're the one that told me I'll records, right? I don't need one We need to do I'm, a
0: disclaimer on the end of this show. <laughs> No, No, and it is painful, and you have to think, okay, ligaments and tendons are, they have no blood supply to them. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a chicken or a dead animal or anything like that, the ligaments and tendons are white. Muscle is red. Muscle has blood flow. Tendons and ligaments do not. So, if anything happens to a tendon in the ligament, it takes longer to heal because there's no nutrients from the blood going towards it. So it just takes takes a while to all of that. And I think what happened is you just hurt one thing.
1: It's like uh, Rembrandt's uh, Doctor Tulp's anatomy lesson.
0: <laughs> I can go harder. <laughs> I don't mean to start talking about the body. And I'm like, Ooh. Ooh, like yeah, I get to. listening. Let me tell you about your body. <laughs> it's fascinating. The body is a fascinating piece of work.
1: Well, the body it is an amazing healing machine. Yes, it That's is. That's why I don't know why I haven't healed yet. One very angry massage will
0: But see, also you have to think too, when something is hurting, your body... That's the spot right
1: there. Uh-huh. That's what's killing me
0: right there. Your body will compensate. Wow. Ah. So if one muscle is hurting, you'll maybe lift your shoulder higher or you'll lower your shoulder just to make that part feel better. But by doing that, you're engaging a different muscle, and that muscle's going to start hurting.
1: Oof.
0: So it's like a domino effect, you know, that song not connected to It's true. Everything's connected to each other. Oh,
1: right on. That's,
0: right. that's it right there. What
1: do you feel? It's just not. Just,
0: it's aggravated. It's it's fighting. Uh-huh. How's that? It's fighting. Fighting? Uh-huh. How's that? You can feel it, like. Trying to me out. Like, mm, this You're gonna get more relief in like two hours when I'm gone because right now your body is on defense. It's like, well, what the hell? This chick is eating that, and then I'm gonna leave, and then it's gonna be like, okay, she's gone, and that's when it's kind of styling the furniture
1: mm-hmm. arrangement. Uh, I don't have spirits of dead warriors <laughs> <That's something>, uh, <laughs> around me from Mongolia and Vietnam. Everywhere I've traveled, but you think they would enjoy a good massage? Any soldier? Oh motherfucker! Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: See, and all of that is muscle. I'm not touching any bone. It's all muscular. I think ice for like a week. You're going, You should feel a difference. If not, then, then maybe you need to see
1: something. Oh, what I see?
0: Doctor.
1: Well, are you a chiropractor? You do chiropractor. What other kind of doctor option
0: is there? Uh, Well, you don't know, like if you do anything right now, it's going to be orthopedics because they're going to want to go in and cut it open. But there's nothing. Oh, yeah. No. I'm serious. I think, well, I don't know how your body responds to chiropractic because everybody is different and everybody responds differently to specific treatment. So if your body's not a chiropractic body, then there's no point. It's like some people, like, same with diets, like, some people will go. On a diet and they'll lose 70 pounds, and somebody else will go on that same diet and they won't lose anything. It's just that chemistry, and their body didn't respond the same way.
1: Right. The you mentioned uh, surgery. How surgery? No, you don't need surgery. You
0: just need a mm.
1: lot of massage. Oh gosh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I can. That's. I can do that. I think massages help as uh, well. It's probably just a lot of working out what was hurt. Uh. Yeah. Mhm. from from the non-massage therapist <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean this isn't something that's going to be healed and been, but was a good start your body does respond really well,
1: well there's a lot of times where I've gotten massages and I'll just you know, in years pass and I'll just say just do the back the shoulders
0: I put like Tony Hinchcliffe he's like when you come to my house and I'm on your podcast I just want you to do my shoulders and I'm like, okay mm-hmm. there's nothing much more to you, <laughs> you tiny little thing. Yeah, that would be good too. Yeah, it's just a you know, shoulder massage sure you to work out. I bet your, your pecs are tight too. Because all these muscles are connected,
1: all these things are
0: holding your shoulders towards your neck. Uh, I'm not
1: normally a mouth breather.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. I'm that lymphatic system. Strain and getting rid of all of the shit I do.
1: That's what my nose is locked on. That is what You're
0: gonna drink a bunch of water and push all that out.
1: Okay. Now, is there
0: anything you want to plug or finish it up?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, this album. And uh, it's definitely the greatest thing I've ever done.
0: I'm excited. And
1: I think I'm gonna press vinyl. It'll be digital <coughs> <coughs> on iTunes and all that. But uh, I think it might end up being like two hours. That'd be awesome. And uh, so I just did the London tracks last night. And uh what I got left. I gotta do uh Switzerland. So and uh, yeah, it's pretty epic. That's
0: awesome.
1: All right, on your podcast? Uh my podcast is Tom Ruggs Radio Smart Camp. And these are what my devils look like. Very nice. They're, little, they're small and uh, <laughs> they they have <laughs> hard like little pebbles.
0: No problem with both of you. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> You do, which is nice. no back No, which yeah. is even more nice. I have massaged the human carpet before. <laughs> that was fun. You yeah. get around you. Yep. Okay. All right. Yay! Oh, you got All right, that's that for this episode. I hope you guys liked it. Um, I adore Tom Rhodes, and now I adore him even more. And uh, so. We're done with this episode. We'll see you next episode or not see you. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. But please like, comment, subscribe, send emails. I appreciate all of you listening and have a good week.